Greetings and salutations, fellow dividend investor. Welcome back to the one, the only, the world-famous, often-imitated, never-duplicated Dapper Dividends podcast. How's it going? I'm Russ. I'm going to be Russ for the remainder of this right yeah, podcast episode where we're going to talk about all kinds of fun things. Got some dividend news coming at you. We're going to be coming into your ear holes for about 30 minutes and we do thank you for allowing me that privilege. And we're also going to talk about some account activity we got going on in the portfolio like usual. And then I have for you a very, very fun example of how investing can go awry if you don't Think about the bad things that can happen first. Sounds negative, but it's not. So it's a it's a pretty fun example that we have for you once again here on the channel. And nobody left a review. It's been a minute since anybody's left a review. So if you're listening just on Apple, I guess, hit that review and uh, I'll read it on the podcast. You'll get to hear your name. You'll get to hear your name and the words that you spill out onto the screen for me to read for you. Oh, and by the way, Seeking Alpha, the Black Friday sale is almost and Dude, that Black Friday sale gets extended for a while, right? Seeking Alpha has a 30% off Black Friday sale, so you're going to get an annual subscription which has a list price of 239 bucks for 167 if you use my affiliate link. So thank you very much in the description below. So we got a lot of news. I'm going to move through this quick. And as if you don't know how this works, if you're new around here to these parts, thank you. But we read simplysavedividends.com. They have something, a tab called late, something, a tab. No, they have a tab that is latest information. So we just kind of go over that because honestly, every week there's so much news and information. We could probably fill up three hours just doing news and that would be super boring. So away we go. November 27th. Medtronic, they reaffirmed their dividend safety score of 99 and they say that Medtronic looks to return to consistent earnings growth and move past weight loss drug concerns. They also refreshed their outlook on Lionel Bazel. Now this is a stock that we own, dividend safety score of 51, they have a yield of 5.24% and essentially what they say and I, I'm, it's really got me thinking is that they are a good company, they are well managed, but because they are so heavily tied to commodities, to oil, because they're the world's lar- they're one of the world's largest diversified chemical suppliers and refiners, so there's things that can happen that are not within the company's control, and that makes it risky, because it doesn't matter how well you're managed, it can eventually hurt the business. They did file for bankruptcy, I think around 2004 or eight, something like that. But I'm considering moving on from our 15 shares. And as you'll hear at the end or later on down the line in the episode here, why I am probably most definitely certainly thinking about <laughs> moving on from them. Yeah, by the way, I never did add those shares of CNHI to uh, Case New Holland. I should have. They've gone up. When I started looking this week, it was like $10.30, end of the week, almost up a buck. We're still thinking about it. There's, you know, some concerns I have with debt and whatnot, but you know what? We'll see. Uh, moving along, Perigo, Perigo, ticker PRGO is a pharmaceutical. They make white label products, so they'll make aspirin for Walgreens to slap the Walgreens brand label on it. That's what, in a nutshell, Perigo does, but they downgraded them from 80 to 70, and they say the Perigo to review capital allocation policy, dividend growth could slow if deleveraging effects accelerate, accelerate, no, accelerate. 
3.53% yield for Perigo. So think about that. Merck, ticker MRK, raised their dividend 5.5%, which is their 12th annual consecutive increase. But they do face a notable patent cliff in 2028 for their keystone cancer drug, Keytruda, 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 which is 40% of sales. But they do have a conservative payout ratio, A-plus rated balance sheet. They have a dividend yield of 2.98, and they do give that a 99 safety score that is the most safe. Enbridge, ticker ENB, the oil and gas storage and transportation business grew their dividend 3.1% as global energy demand remains strong. 7.66% yield, dividend safety score of 70. McCormick, you know them. They're probably in your cupboard, your grandma's cupboard, or your mom's cupboard, or somebody's cut they're all over the place they do own cholula hot sauce i believe so very nice for mccormick they raised their dividend 7.7 percent which is their 38th consecutive annual increase 2.55 percent yield and that dividend yield is pretty significantly high above the five-year average dividend safety score of 80 for mccormick gm GM raised their dividend 33%, but don't be fooled. That dividend is currently 70% below their pre-pandemic level. And yeah, they have a new car uh, labor deal in place. They manufacture cars, which as you know, I'm not a big fan of. Take a page from Warren and Charlie, even though they just sold their stake in GM. Tells you that this may not be that great of a long-term play. I think the EV thing got a little overblown. It's going to be a little bit more difficult for these businesses from what I can tell, but it's so hard. It's so capital intensive, a lot of labor issues. It's very competitive to be an auto manufacturer, but they, for what it's worth, have a 1.48% dividend yield. So that's GM. Do you invest in GM or any of the car manufacturers? We would love to know. Russ at DapperDividends.com. Dividend upgrade for Unum. Unum Group, ticker UNM, which is a life and health insurance business, they date back to 1848. They had said that rising premiums and higher interest rates help offset Unum's exposure to long-term care policies. So 3.39% yield, 60, borderline safe. And then the Canadian banks, they all move in lockstep pretty much. We got a slew of dividend upgrades from the Canadian banks. We hold TD, which... Spoiler alert, they raised their dividend, but we'll follow the, the order that Simply Safe has here. RBC, Royal Bank of Canada, ticker RY, raised their dividend 2.2%, dividend yield of 4.46%, safety score of 80. And TD, Toronto Dominion Bank, raised their dividend 6.3%, which they have paid uninterrupted dividends every year since 8. 1857, a dividend yield of 5%, safety score of 80. Way to go, TD. We like you. And then another Canadian bank, CIBC, ticker CM, which is a diversified bank. They all are. Raised their dividend 3.4%, which is their 13th year of dividend raises. And they have all, well, they give a lower score because they say they have a relatively large exposure to the Canadian housing market where mortgage reset where mortgages reset to prevailing interest rates every 5 years. So if you are a CIBC investor, uh, you might want to think about that. 6.3% yield, 65 
safety score on that. So they do say it's safe. Stay out of the office reads, people. I don't know enough about them. Highwood, ticker HIW. They were downgraded from 60 to 50 borderline safe as their prospective tenants hesitate to sign new leases. Duh. 9.77% yield. They haven't been growing that dividend, so would not invest in HIW. Good old Disney reinstated the dividend, but it's 65% lower than the pre-pandemic payout. So kind of like GM, they really didn't move much in their stock price, even though they reinstated the dividend. Why? Well, that yield is 0.65%. And now that I think of it, GM's is 1.48%. I think the S&P 500 is somewhere higher than those two. I don't remember exactly. I should have looked. I'll probably talk about it on the live stream tonight. There you go. I think we just figured out the live stream topic is that these two probably didn't move much because yield-starved investors are going to look elsewhere. They're not just going to pile into these plays because of the dividend, which Disney's is 0.65%. That's lower than Visa. Bank of Montreal, ticker BMO. They raised their dividend 2.7%. They have been paying dividends every year since 1829. So they're coming up on 200 years of uninterrupted dividends. That's freaking cool. Dividend yield of 5.31%, safety score of 70. And then the last one, they refreshed their outlook on Valero, ticker VLO, which is a gas and oil refining, oil and gas refining and marketing company. 3.23% dividend yield for Valero. I know we've had a few people on the live stream talk about Valero that they like Valero. So what have we been doing in the portfolio? Not a lot of crazy moves. We received two dividends this week from Nextstar Media Group, ticker NXST, $136.35. Rolled that into one more share at $141.89. So that covered over 95%-ish. The dividend covered almost a full share. Just decided to get one more. We have 102 now. And this is one that I've been learning on. I'm going to learn a huge lesson. You're watching it in real time. I think that their stock price is down. Maybe algorithms, maybe a lot of computers moving things, but is it sentiment or is it fundamentals? I look at the fundamentals. I listen to management. I just listened to Leanne Gleha, the CFO, talk about everything that they got cooking, what they're doing, the way that they're trying to grow the business, bigger, better, stronger, and they have a plan and they're executing on that plan. I could be wrong. They could be wrong. There could be things out of their control, but I think that sentiment has dragged the price down and it's not the fundamentals of the business. So we'll see what happens, but we're 102 shares deep with an average, uh, I was going to say an average safety score. No, an average price of just over a hundred, just over $159 a share. So we're still down, but I'm holding this for the long haul. And I think that the presidential election, and they're in like 80% of the markets of contested elections. And as you know, when there's a contested election, there's going to be a lot more political ad spending to try and get that person elected. So where there's not that or if there's a lopsided victory or something is offset, you know, the ad spending is going to dry up. So their broadcast affiliates are in uh, 80% of those hotly contested. Plus, we got the presidential election coming up. So who's going to win? I don't know. I heard some hubbub about Nikki Haley getting a lot of uh, Wall Street behind her. And, uh, and we received a dividend from Intel. The last one. 
sold out of them. So that $12.50 from Intel was on 100 shares. Our only exposure to Intel is going to be inside of mutual funds and whatnot. Dividends received year to date $5,894.11 from that. And we bought, like we talked about, the one next to our media share at $141.89. And six Johnson & Johnson shares J&J at $151.32, which stinks because I was trying to DCA in and dragging my feet, thinking like, I wonder if this will go to the low 140s. All of a sudden, this the Thursday and Friday just kept going up and up. We're at like $157, 158 a share. And I wonder, I wonder if in a few months from now, I'll look back and say like, God dang it, why didn't I buy it when it was at 157 a share? What was I waiting for? So we'll see what happens. And that's when you know you're a dividend investor is when prices go up, yields go down, and you kind of get the little sad emoji face with the the tear because it's bittersweet. But you know what is bittersweet, dear dividend investing listener? We got a few bills to pay around here like, you know, food to put in my kids' bellies. <laughs> These damn kids, you keep feeding them and they don't go away, right? Am I right? All right. Okay, so on the flip side of these ads, space out at them, whatever you have to do. I don't know. Maybe there'll be something interesting, but check out these couple ads and I'll be right back in Flash to tell you all about how starving people can make you a better investor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we talked about this in the newsletter, which, by the way, if you don't receive the fantastic, fun, and free newsletter every week, there's a description below. You can sign up for that. Or just go to DapperDividends.com and you'll get a little pop-up. You can sign up. So Warren Buffett is fond of this joke, and it goes, St. Peter had some bad news for an oil prospector who appeared at the pearly gates of heaven. You're qualified for admission, said St. Peter, but as you can see, the section for oil prospectors is packed. There's no way to fit you in. After a moment, the prospector asked to say just four words to the present occupants. That seemed harmless to St. Peter, so the prospector yelled, Oil discovered in hell! Immediately, most of the oil prospectors stampeded out for the nether regions. Impressed, St. Peter invited the prospector to move in and get comfortable. The prospector paused saying, no, I think I'll go along with the rest of them. There might be some truth to that rumor after all. And it's so fun to just think about that, how we love to chase rumors. There's an example. That's a joke, but there's something that's not a joke. Actual real world example of people chafing, chasing, chafing? Well, they could have been chafing and chasing after a rumor. So in 1609, in what would become the United States, there was a colony that had been established by the Virginia Company of London. And this was basically because investors in England, they wanted to chase after and repeat what the Spaniards had done in South America, which was finding that glittering gold. Remember Hernando Cortez and was it the Incas or the Mayans? I think it was the Incans when they thought he was a god. Oh boy, if they could go back in time. <laughs> 
it led to the extermination of the either way there was about 144 jamestown settlers and they were mostly explorers or wealthy adventurers and they failed to build houses or set up farming brilliant and why did they do that because they were too busy searching for gold and silver but all that they found really was a conflict with the native americans i think it was the powhatans malaria bad drinking water a harsh winter which led to starvation. After the first year in old Jamestown, only 38 of the 144 original colonists had survived what had become known as the starving time. Boy, that doesn't sound fun to me. You want to sign up for something called the starving time? Yeah, no thanks. I, th I think I've got a, a colonoscopy or two to get to. <laughs> uh, so as it would turn out, one of the successful settlers, John Rolfe, he was the first to cultivate tobacco for export, and that had been mainly grown in the West Indies, but Mr. Rolf was like, I'm gonna grow this right up tobacco right up ya. I'm pretty sure he didn't talk like I'm sure he had a very, very thick English accent. I love all you people in the South. I, I'd say that out of love. Yeah, anyway, so tobacco made the settlement pretty profitable for the first time, and Mr. Rolf would end up marrying Pocahontas. I don't know if she was like the Disney Pocahontas. How much truth is that to there? Who knows? But either way, I what I took from that is that as long-term investors, we should focus on building a solid foundation to protect ourselves before we go out looking for gold, before we go out and looking for the glittering TSLY to get all that super high 50% dividend yield. And that also then reminds me of the late, great Charlie Munger, who, if you know, you're living under a rock, probably are aware that he died at 99 this week, just a month shy of his 100th birthday on January 1st. And that's sad. You know, he almost made it, almost made it to the uh, centenarian, the triple digits. But one of his ideas, his thoughts that I loved is to invert, always invert. And that means that if you, say, want to be a successful colonist, or if you want to be not fat, you should say to yourself, I don't want to be fat, so what are the things that I could do to be fat? And you list those down, and then you notice when you're doing those things, like, oh, I'm doing the thing that's going to bring me to being fat, you know? Or if you want to be a successful colonist, you should ask yourself, what could I do to be an unsuccessful colonist? And for me, immediately what comes to mind is not preparing for winter, a lack of food to make it through that winter, adequate protection from the winter, uh, adequate protection from the natives, just things like that, like looking for drinking water right away. How are we going to do that? Running that inversion scenario lets us know what we shouldn't be doing so again when we find ourselves doing that dude we know we're fighting against that outcome we desire and warren and charlie they decided that they wanted businesses that would be a cash crop like the tobacco crop for berkshire year after year decade after decade yeah i understand the parallel they don't really they're not big investors in tobacco and there is a parallel in your portfolio if you put altria in there or was it uvv you could be a UVV, you could be a, a tobacco farmer yourself and put that tobacco cash crop in your portfolio. So the inversion of for them would be to buy businesses and make investments that had an unclear future. So they would look at businesses and if they were buying something, they're like, we can't really predict what it's going to do. But you know what? Why don't I just let them tell you about it? 
check this out. It's not even two minutes long. But listen to Warren and Charlie break down how Berkshire has been so successful when they've been investing and how we can be too. Well, I would say that Berkshire's businesses on average are less likely to be obsoleted by new technology than businesses generally. No steel-toed steel -toed work shoes. I do not anticipate a significant change in the technology. I think we have more of the uh, stuff that's sort of basic and hard to obsolete than many other corporations do. We think all of that activity is very beneficial from a societal standpoint. Our own emphasis is on trying to find businesses that are predictable in a general way as to where they'll be in 10 or 15 or 20 years. And that means we're looking for businesses that, in general, are, are not going to be susceptible to very much change. We view change as more of a threat into the investment process than an opportunity. That's quite contrary to the way most people are looking at, at equities now, but with a few exceptions, we do not get enthused about change as a way to make a lot of money. We're looking for the absence of change to protect ways that are already making a lot of money and, and allow them to make even more in the future. We look at change as a threat, and whenever we look at a business and we see lots of change coming, nine times out of 10, we're gonna pass on that, and when we see something we think is very likely to look the same 10 years from now, we feel much more confident about predicting it. Coca-Cola is still selling a product that is very, very similar to uh, one that was sold 110 plus years ago. And the fundamentals of distribution and talking to the consumer and all of that sort of thing really haven't changed at all. Your analysis of Coca-Cola 50 years ago can pretty well serve as an analysis now. We're more comfortable in those kind of businesses. Uh, it means we miss some, a lot of very big winners, but we wouldn't know how to pick those out anyway. It doesn't mean also that we have very few big losers, and that's quite helpful over time. Yeah, the uh, peanut brittle has very little technological change, too. Yeah. <laughs> they better not change it. <laughs> we like it just the way it is. I mean, come on. You can't say it any better than they did, and it just sums it up. Look for those things, at least as the foundation, I would think, of your portfolio that are going to be impervious to change. And like Warren said... Yeah, you're going to miss some of those big, huge winners, but you're going to have a lot less losers. And in the long run, that is probably going to be very, very healthy for you, your family, your portfolio, your sanity, your mindset. So kind of like thinking about Jamestown and the people that went and faced the starving time, it probably could have been avoided by getting there and being like, okay, we got to... <laughs> and that's what John Smith did when he got there. He had like a worker starve like iron fisted, like, no, we're, you're planting crops. You have to plant crops four hours a day. You have to farm because we're not going to starve again. This is how we're going to get through this. And it's kind of the same thing. Just build that foundation to protect you, from, <laughs> protect you from starvation, the elements, you know, metaphorically speaking, of course, but I think that's just fantastic advice from Warren and Charlie and something that we should all heed to make us as better investors. So if you want to share with me on X what you think those businesses are that are pretty impervious to change or going to be, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to know what you're thinking. You got rattling around that little old noggin of yours because we're better together. What's How does that old African proverb go? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think that's what we're doing here. We're trying to go together. And as I create and collaborate and stop, drop, and corroborate what other people say, I can't. I'm, see, rap's not my game. That's not my thing. I'm not a lyricist. I'm no Eminem. 
No slim shade. I may be slim, but not the shady type. Either way, I do thank you for stopping on by the podcast. Let us know what's up. Sign up for that newsletter. It's free. Almost a thousand newsletter readers so far. And thanks and shout out to Ryan Williams, who's been recommending the newsletter a lot. Gotten me hundreds and hundreds of subscribers, so I do thank you. If you found me through him, check out his YouTube channel as well. And everybody, come on all back now. You're here next time. I want to see you around these parts once again. So thank you so very much for stopping by. I hope you found this helpful and useful as much as I did. And I will talk to you in the next podcast episode. So long, everyone.